asking for a raise is just not a very British thing to do because. The... Hello everyone, this is Mind Your Employment brought to you by YQ Society. This series will be on all podcast streaming platforms and on YouTube. So today's topic that we're talking about, are you paid enough? So James, are you getting paid enough? No, I'm still waiting for you to send me my paycheck. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, no. One day, Ugh, we can dream. Um, no, I think, uh, is anyone ever going to say, yes, I am paid enough? Yeah, if you're like the owner of the company and you're literally earning everything. But do you think, do you think that the owner of the company who is you know, earning a million a year or whatever they're on is sitting there going, yeah, I earn enough? Or do you think they're striving for more and that's why companies grow and grow and grow? But it's such a subjective point because I feel like some people who are humble and wouldn't mind taking a 60 grand or like a 40 grand mm. paid salary is actually perfectly happy, especially if they've got a roof above their head, food on the table and a happy family and mm. a happy belly. Yeah. Um, compared to some who would prefer to have, you know, a six figure um, paying job or like or a company that pays them yeah. that much, if not more. You know, with society today, looks especially on social media, you have people who don't have a figure in mind. There are people that give up their salary as well, which I always find really interesting. Mm. There's a guy who owns an American company. He was a IT company or a financial services company, or it did something, but it was a fairly kind of young company. It was kind of one of those kind of old legacy ones. And he actually gave up a massive chunk of his you know salaries bonuses stocks etc in order to make sure that everybody was on like a really good i think it was like sixty thousand dollar or fifty thousand dollar starting salary yeah and that was everyone from the janitor to the vice president the same had the same starting salary and obviously adjusted to then whatever you know role it was doing but he like became like i think like the worst paid ceo in america or something crazy to do that for all of his staff but mm-hmm. what it's actually done is made the business, you know, four, five, six times more valuable than it was yeah. because everyone's kind of been putting in the hard work. They've been not worrying about money and debt and all sorts of things. Um, yeah. And that he's more than made his return on, yeah. on that sacrifice. So, yeah, maybe maybe money isn't all things to all people. But I don't know. How do we really know the value of the role we're doing? And before you move on to that point, I just want to say that, like, when it comes to money, and we're talking about money in the sense of, like, earning a wage and stuff like that, I feel like people who have paid their mortgages or have a house that they paid for, have a car and have sufficient amount of food, things that they've won, necessities or, like, anything mm. they've always dreamed to have, a lot of people find themselves, like, after that, sort of like initial purchasing a house purchasing a car you know having a family or not having a family a lot of people find themselves very comfortable and therefore don't actually really Mm. need a high salary you tend to find that actually the money that you originally earned to buy those things Mm. you actually don't need a lot of that money to survive in the sense of like Mm. having you know the meals that you want and like be able to buy things that you do want per month and so you start to find that people who are idealistically in that comfort zone actually Mm. don't strive to have much more than that because other than having bigger houses and like more cars and extra holidays and trips and stuff than that that's more of a bonus once you have everything Mm. else that is necessary you don't seem to like want to strive anymore I feel like Mm. my parents are like that you know and they both have their own houses they're both really happy with where they're living and both really happy with the cars they drive and you know they have a regular income that provides them to have food on the table (laughs) bills paid and it's not as 
is financial freedom, basically. And yeah. after that, they don't seem to want to do much. I mean, they obviously mm. want to go on holiday and everything. Sure. But the value for that particular job you have changes, you know, depending on perspective as well. So how do we truly know the value of a role? Mm, it's interesting. I mean, I think one of the things you can do, um, this is probably easier if you're employed rather than self-employed, but you can always check your market worth against comparable jobs kind of within your sector. It's really interesting, actually, that being underpaid and undervalued is actually really increasingly common because your employer is never going to point that out to you, right? They're never going to say, oh, no, we're underpaying you by £20,000. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, they're going to expect you know, they're going to hope you're not paying attention to what's going on in the market. So always go and, um, you know, check what's going on. It's the thing I like to do when I'm mm-hmm. in, in different jobs is compare my job to something similar in similar organizations. You can do that usually via resources like Glassdoor. They have salary yeah. kind of information or even just looking at what jobs are being advertised and what salaries, mm-hmm. you know, are being advertised. Because actually there was research, sadly it was an American research paper, but there was research in America that found out that people lose about... over the total of their time in employment as a result of being underpaid and undervalued comparable Mm -hmm. to the rest of the market yeah exactly and when you think about how um you know you were were saying that once you get to a certain point actually you can live quite comfortably and um and you don't really kind of you get that freedom you don't really need to worry about too much but actually when you then retire you have to start worrying about it again because you have to worry about what you've got yeah and you're always going to need more for retirement than you do when you're employed because you've got more free time so you're going to want to spend more money so checking your market worth and not losing out on that what four to six hundred thousand pounds over the course of your employment lifetime um, definitely would be my kind of how about you what do you think definitely true like i would definitely search the role online and what other companies are offering and Mm. what is the market value for that specific role and whether you think you are worth more or not but actually i just want to like make a point out this is that it's really hard to determine the value of such a role because like say for instance a doctor in the 90s would not be paid the same as the doctors nowadays and that's just i guess you can add the factor in of the inflation you know the taxes la di la di da but still the value of a role is very hard to determine because it's very much speculative on what the employer will pay you you know it's not whether mm. like it's whether they have that budget in mind to be able to pay you said salary say for instance my example here was a graduate role they tend mm-hmm. to be the same value not mm. because okay. all employers have the same frame of mind they're working mm. towards or paying you the least amount of what everyone is offering on the market so that they don't lose out despite getting mm. a fresh you know a fresh person out of the field who is you know, coming out from university, probably has very little experience. It doesn't matter your skill set because they will only pay you that benchmark, which is set by the market. And that's a very unfortunate thing because say, for instance, if you did have loads of work experience behind you and loads of talent behind you, but you're Mm. only valued to that market because the employer is never, ever going to say, oh, you know what? Judging on said and said company that we're competing against, you mm. know, we're going to pay you an extra 10 grand because you're worthy of mm. that candidate. No, they're going to get the no. cheapest one, unfortunately. Yeah. The cheapest one. So it meets their sort of demand, but mm-hmm. it also t- ticks that box that that role has been taken up for a very mm. low margin. And mm. that's bitter to say, but like if you ever, if any of you guys ever apply for a job, some companies don't state. 
how much they will pay you. I My mean, biggest bugbear. <laughs> yeah. no, and I, in fact, I, to the point that I refuse to apply for a job, however amazing that job sounds, I will refuse to apply for it if the salary isn't stated. Because at that point, I don't know if they're going to pay less than what I'm currently yeah. earning. Um, and it's wasting my time. A, a mantra that I live by. Mm. Don't make candidates go and do their homework. Go spend so much time mm-hmm. and research into your company to pay less than what they're currently earning. Because what yeah. you have done is you've wasted their time and you're only offering less salary than they're currently on. But I really hate it when they also go with like really wide pay brackets like oh we might pay yeah. you between 20 and a hundred thousand pounds i'm like well which is it why is it such a huge margin because that it could be anywhere I'm like well you, i could be earning more than i'm on i could be earning far less than i'm currently on like how do i know like is this a negotiation do i have to negotiate at this point normally you can tell seniority with a company based on the job title and the, how much it's going to be paid yeah but obviously there are a lot of companies out there that will have their most junior staffing called managers especially if they're client facing because that yeah. makes it look better towards the client exactly. um, to make them think that they're getting you know amazing like value yeah exactly. seniority and all the rest of it but so you look at how much they're going to pay you because normally speaking the higher you're paid the more senior the role is within that organization but of course you've got a margin of like ninety thousand pounds you don't know where to pitch yourself and i find that equally as annoying as not knowing any number because it's well, just it's as useless effectively well, of course, because you're banking on of hoping to get the upper margin of a hundred thousand pounds for that role. Because no one's ever going to enter into the job. And yes, okay, maybe you will if you're really humble. You're not gonna if you have such a huge margin of more like fifty grand, say. You're never gonna go for the low one because obviously no. you have your own personal goals, like buying a house, mm. you know, mm-hmm. maintaining your current lifestyle, and that also comes with like competitive rates, which I find equally as annoying because if you think about it, like, yeah. okay, your co- competitive rates, but then I know for a full fact that employers are not gonna give me the competitive rate. They have no. a certain amount of money in their budget to pay you Mm -hmm. and therefore they're not going to be able to challenge your rate that you may negotiate Mm. because they're going to tell you well bugger off go to the other company that will pay you more (laughs) you know for instance like competitive rate to you know regional um jobs to like actual city jobs it's gonna be completely different you're gonna get paid Mm. a twenty thousand pound salary of paralegal work outside of london and maybe twenty five thousand inside of london okay that's competitive rate but if you're matching that then say that you will yeah yeah hardly any time will the employer be like you know what i fancy matching that price that you were going to go for you know Mm. to actually uphold the competitive rate and it's just Mm. infuriating and you read competitive rate that means you can negotiate your how much you want to earn like no matter how good you're you are as a candidate they will already have a figure in mind if you meet that figure you've got the job that's it Mm -hmm. there's no there's no bargaining power for the future but what's interesting what a question i have for you is have you ever asked for a raise ever me yes Mm. of course not. yeah of course yeah that's so interesting because asking for a raise is just not a very british thing to do because British yeah. people by default are all so polite that actually we find talking about money is all very, you know, inappropriate. And and actually it is interview advice. If you ever have like careers guidance and interview advice from schools and universities, one of the big no-nos is talking about money in your interview. It is a, such a taboo subject. But of course, if you're left with these like, you know, these big margins or this like unknown figure, how else are you supposed to do it unless you start talking about it? Yeah, um, of course. 
But even when you're in a company, it's really interesting. And I think, you know, a lot of companies are really going to like value you and will try and work with you where possible in order to increase the pay. If it is possible, you know, in terms of budgets and and pay grades, if you have those and all, and all the rest of it. I have a, a friend who, you know, fought and fought and fought for a pay rise. Yeah. Um, and eventually got it and got what they deserve because you know their, their their company came around to that that thinking. But it's a very British thing to like you know stiff up a, up a lip and, and not talk about money and not talk about pay rises. But maybe sometimes the only way of getting what you deserve and and your true market value is to simply ask for it. I also find it really interesting that like with the money being a complete taboo subject I also find Mm. that when people come into interviews and I have interviewed people before and I've done it obviously I've done loads of interviews in my past when applying for jobs and stuff like that you always and this was going back to my earlier comment that you always feel like if you don't and this is I don't know whether this is just an innate behavior but you always try and offer the lowest to get the job despite mm-hmm. or albeit like you actually are a talented candidate yeah. you are actually worthy of like getting the upper margin of mm-hmm. that pay brand pay mm-hmm. bracket sorry and people people tend to put themselves down so they make themselves a more make themselves the perfect candidate for mm-hmm. that role despite yeah. you know deserving a higher paycheck and yeah. people fight and fight for a job that yeah. you know they are one they've got qualified for they've got talent for they're definitely a very worthy candidate for but they sacrifice their you know wage for that job and I just think mm. no because every job I've always asked for like especially the last three Mm-hmm. I've gone to apply and these are full-time jobs in a very competitive market in the legal sector both me and James are part of the legal sector in some retrospect it's hard it's a hard game you know I won't deny it but I've never ever stooped low to get a job I've always asked for the upper bracket because I mm-hmm. know I deserve it being a graduate coming out fresh from university you are very much 100% mistreated when it comes to your wage they mm. will take they will take advantage because one, you're new, you have no work experiences. And if you do, it's not going to be enough. I, I want that. And then when they know that you need them more than they need you, and that's the unfortunate fact, they will mm. take advantage of not having to pay you that much. But it's interesting you, you say that people are kind of undervaluing themselves um, because there's a sociologist that said that we live in a world that rarely realises the congruence between actual earnings and just earnings. Mm. Um, and there was an international social survey um, that was done last I think over 48,000 people from 40 different countries across the world, if they thought that the pay for the work they did was just, yeah. given their skills and the effort they put in, etc. Um, and actually the survey found that more than half of respondents said oh, wow. that their pay was unjust compared to their skills and their, their effort. And this kind of ties into that idea of, well, people aren't asking for it, number one. Mm. Talking about pay is generally seen as a taboo subject. Oh, yeah. And companies are undervaluing their roles in order to get as cheap a labour as possible, you know. And the kind of the combination of the two is leading actually to half of people saying you know what no I'm I don't earn what I should do for the work I do yeah um you know based on this concept of what what is a just pay for that level of work so obviously you know I think everyone in the world would say sure I'll have a hundred thousand pounds sorry for this kind of entry level role um you know they'd be mad to turn it down you know the the point of this survey was kind of a pragmatic and real level do you consider the pay you earn to be just 
for you know for what you do yeah I mean, working out what just pay means is quite complicated, but there are kind of social standards and patterns for that. So people uh, who feel paid appropriately experience a kind of a balance of investment into the work they do and reward and investment into other things such as, uh, you know, education, the kind of the yeah. level of the skill they put in, the seniority they're on you know, where they are on the scale of seniority within that company. And then the reward, you know, what they're getting, do they feel underpaid, overpaid, and kind of balancing that out against their profession as a whole. So that's kind of where they were coming from when they meant, you know, just pay. But I just thought it was astonishing that more than half of people said, you know what, no, I'm not. And I wonder if the problem is companies are demically and repeatedly, for the most part, undervaluing their staff yeah. to get the cheapest possible labour as a cost-saving measure. I'm not finger-pointing at any company, but mm. corporate entities are bullies and they will. I've seen it personally where... Mm. Great companies who do perform amazingly, provide mm-hmm. a great service or goods. And, you know, and I don't think what they're doing is wrong, but mm. partly, and I'm not, I'll take out the legal side, I'll take out all the social side um, and all the co- corporate governance out of it. I think humanly it's wrong because mm. if you think about it like you know with the changing times and as we move on inflation increases yeah. living costs increases but you really have to consider for those who have been in the job for a long time versus to those who are just entering the company you really do need to match the wages you give people mm-hmm. because at the end you of the day so you know people talk you know, you're gonna yeah. like exchange words or oh, how much like you may not talk about the pay necessarily, but you'll see a marginal difference if someone was paying an extra five thousand pounds more than you mm-hmm. per year. Because mm. simply because they are gonna be able to afford more things, they're gonna be able to do they can be much more relaxed because their financial freedom is far better than yours. No, definitely. And it's interesting you were talking about how uh people coming into the same role and earning more than the more established yeah. people. So that actually happened to me. Um, so in one of my previous jobs, um, I'd been there for maybe a year at this point, I think, maybe just over a year. Yeah. Um, earning something horrifically low, um, in terms of salary, uh, and a new person came in who I don't believe they had actually got, I think this was their first real job. Yeah. effectively after university. And in this, in this company, talking about salary was expressly forbidden. Oh, wow. Um, it was a rule that you weren't yeah. allowed to discuss salary with colleagues. So naturally we all did. Um, yeah. Because if you're going to say, if you're going to impose a rule like that, that means there's something fishy going on. And there was. This brand new person just entering into the workplace was being paid more than me. And bearing in mind, I had come into the company as a senior individual. So actually, technically, I was their superior in terms of the hierarchy. I had far more experience, far more qualifications and had been recruited on that basis and had been at this company for a significant amount of time by this point. Yeah. Uh, and they came in and were earning more than me. And it's interesting because they didn't necessarily feel guilty. People who are overpaid don't feel guilty for being no. overpaid. It's actually the problem is the people who are underpaid for their same role, for the skills experiences, or even for a senior role in this case, that's where the kind of the anger and resentment kind of comes in. Of course, into. yeah. Not towards the individual. They obviously have no idea and no control over the situation, but to the company. And that's where productivity decreases, respect for senior management decreases, and you kind of get that overall kind of bitterness that I think that's what drives a lot of people to leave, where money is one of the factors for them leaving. But I really Mm. do think that people should go and confront the employer 
the mm-hmm. you know HR whoever is dealing with the finances and say look this is not fair because I if I was there for quite a long time like you were I would be like well I would like my salary to at least match this new person mm. because everyone's entitled to be paid if you're especially coming in at the same entry role at the same level role as well you should be paid the same amount because you're going to do mm. the same things when it comes to that kind of thing you should be upfront about it you should you're entitled to getting mm. paid properly you know to answer this podcast are you being paid enough a lot of people can say no and it's perfectly fine for you to say no because you're mm. you deserve the amount that you want and mm. if you're not getting it and some another company's offering it a lot of people do jump bandwagons regardless yeah. of lo- loyalty because at the end of the day they've got to maintain that your your livelihood but if you're going into a role and you're actually applying for it and etc cetera, etc cetera, definitely go and look at the market and see that you mm-hmm. are getting the competitive rate and yeah. if not challenge the person that you are if you find a company mm-hmm. that you really want to work with you know they're not going to be surprised because mm you are entitled to ask for whatever you deserve and if it's yeah. outside their um, paying brackets then that's their loss because they're going to lose a good candidate mm. that makes sense some of these roles you can't really climb up ladders as easy as others so when are you going to be expected to get that promotion you know that increase of in mm. earning because you're going to be stuck in that wage regardless whether you like it or not because the employer is going to be you know happy they're satisfied that they're paying you at a low rate and they will start off that very few companies who have good employers are going to mm. be like yeah you know what out of the blue at bob deserves a pay increase at the end of the day it's your future your livelihood that you've got to live um yeah. i've once taken a job this is like one of my first jobs i once taken a job and it was hard going and i and they paid me so little but i learned from that day that if i didn't ask and i just accepted the value they threw at me and it was something ridiculous it was like seven pounds something i was only Mm. 17 18 so legal to work but it was so little and i know it was it may have been just minimum wage Mm. but in fact like there was someone who was completely new you know who just joined the team and she was on 10 pounds and i was like yes that seven pounds does 10 pounds is not a lot but yeah i mean it adds up Mm. and definitely don't be afraid to clarify with the recruiter you know what the salary is if they haven't said or they've used competitive salary and if there's a bracket you know, pitch yourself at the upper end because yeah. you know what, you don't get necessarily what you don't ask for. And I'd like to know from all of you if you think you're paid justly. So if you are, um, or if you're not, then let us know in the comments down below. Speaking of which, I'm not going to pay you. Well, on that note, thank you all for listening or watching. If you've joined us on YouTube, please do get involved. All of our social media stuff is in the description below. We're YQ Society on all the platforms, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Let us know down below how much you want to be paid. Um, And I'm going to go write a very sternly worded letter to the YQ finance person. I believe that's Bob in accounting. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Take care.